Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. And Katie, if there was ever a episode that we were going to post late or even not at all, this might be it. <laughs> Today we're talking about cancellation policies and no-shows and what to do about it. And by the nature of it being a podcast, we're actually just going to release this on our regular schedule. Yeah, yeah, we do have that flexibility to put it out at a later date. But I know that today when we're recording, it's actually raining. So I'm expecting that there'll probably be some cancellations and uh, no shows for some therapists today in California anyway, because we don't know how to drive in the rain. But this is one of the things that I think therapists struggle a lot with is what to do around attendance, whether people show up on time, show up late, they cancel, they no show. Like these are the things that people don't know what to do because it gets into that weird stuff that therapists hate to deal with, which is money. <laughs> do we charge them? Do we not charge them? How do we enforce it? What should our policy look like? And I think for me, I try to be what I think is pretty reasonable, but I've heard some pretty interesting cancellation policies that I don't know that I agree with. Yeah. And I think that we're going to dive into those today, but I think that where we need to start is your cancellation policies need to be in your informed consent, that this is something that needs to be from the very beginning of the therapeutic relationship. It's something that you need to talk about with your clients at probably the most emotionally vulnerable time that they're coming into therapy, they've made the commitment to come in or at least test things out. They're maybe not understanding everything that you're saying policy-wise, nor are they necessarily going to remember it. So not only do you need to talk about it in your informed consent, bring it up in the first session, but it's important to revisit these policies periodically throughout your therapeutic relationship and not just at the times that they come up. Because what we really don't want this to be is more for the therapist's benefit than it is for the therapeutic relationship benefit or for the client's benefit? It really is a clinical issue because like you said, when clients are coming in the first session, they're overwhelmed. They're coming to talk about treatment. They're not necessarily looking at what therapy even means, how frequently they'll be attending. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes around cancellation policies that are really not about whether or not you charge them when they come or not come. It's really about how do you set up a relationship where you're consistently meeting together, that you have an agreement and a commitment to each other to meet regularly on a schedule that's dictated by the treatment plan and talking about attendance regularly and what will happen if they don't attend, you know, the clinical considerations as well as any business practices, whether you charge them, they don't cancel within 24 hours or 48 hours, or I've seen ones that are a little bit more than that. But it's about an 
agreement to work together, agreed upon times, agreed upon consistency to really get the clinical results that you're looking for. My practice tends to follow what's more or less the industry standard when it comes to cancellation policies as far as what's written down on paper. Mm -hmm. I have a informed consent that says that my cancellation policy is 24 hours. And from time to time, I have the parents or the clients who are reading the consent and saying, you know, sorry, I'm I'm calling you 22 hours before the appointment that I need to cancel. Is this okay? So on paper, in my informed consent, I say 24 hours. But I think that really for me and my practice, I'm fairly loose about my enforcement of it with intention than a lot of other therapists might be. And what I mean by that is I work mostly with adolescents, sometimes with kids, and largely they are surrounded by other kids. And kids tend to pass germs along a lot more easily and regularly than other human beings, those who are of adult age. And (laughs) I don't want to get sick because I would rather have somebody who has a sick kid not come into session and expose me to that to where I'm then missing seven or eight other sessions or two or three days out of the office because I'm dealing with something that somebody else should have not even come into my office in the first place. So when I get an email from a parent or a phone call from a parent that says little Johnny was throwing up at school today, I don't even want to have the discussion about cancellation fees because I don't want that kid in my office because I don't want whatever he's got. I think one of the differences between working with kids and adults is exactly that. The kids typically don't have the choice and they also get sick more frequently. And so for me, I have mostly adults in my practice. And so I'm a little bit less lenient on whether or not they're sick. I really want them to, I don't want them to come in when they're sick, but I certainly don't want them to not make that decision in time. I think oftentimes when adults get sick, they keep trying to move forward, keep trying to do. And so if they come in sick... That's problematic. But if they don't plan ahead, it's something where, especially I find with folks in my clinical discipline, that it can be something where if they're not feeling good enough, they'll use it as, I'm not feeling well, I'm sick. And so I'm a little stricter on that. But depending on the client, I may still charge a cancellation fee for someone who is frequently sick. I might suggest an alternative like meeting via telehealth platform because I want people to be really thoughtful about treatment and not just not feel well enough to come in. I imagine that those situations, though, are after you've already revisited your policy. Oh, yeah. No, the first time I don't charge, for sure. And this has already been brought up as far as a clinical issue, as far as some version of, hey, I noticed that you're kind of sick, but the next session that you came in, you were talking about all these other things that you did, even though you didn't come into session with me, to where you've brought this up, that you've made it clinically relevant at that point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think that's a good clarification. With the clients that I have, I oftentimes will the first time I usually give a freebie. If somebody's like a therapy pro, have been in therapy a lot, they may just know the drill and know that if they late cancel, they're going to end up being charged. But for newer clients that don't understand the policy, it is a conversation I have. Hey, remember I have this policy. This is, you know, you canceled with less than 24 hours. First time I don't charge because I know a lot of people don't remember about it, but this is what we want to look at. And this is how you show the consideration to our relationship and make sure that you're canceling on time and I will charge you next time. But I think with what we're talking about with the kind of canceling because of sick, I think if it's someone who's never sick and 
they call six hours ahead of time, two hours ahead of time, 22 hours ahead of time. I usually give them a pass because I think it's something where it's truly them taking care of themselves. I think that for folks who come in the next time and say, yeah, I just didn't feel up to it. It was too hard for me to think about coming into therapy. I talk with them about how to navigate through the emotional aspects of coming into therapy when they're feeling uncertain. And we've had that conversation. So you're exactly right. I think it's something where being thoughtful and having a policy that you enforce, but that you allow the context of each individual relationship to impact it, I think is important. I think that part of this is also based in a theoretical orientation too. I know that certain theoretical styles require a consistency as far as the treatment goes for behaviorists that really rely on the day in, day out shaping of behaviors for EMDR, where going too long in between reprocessing sessions can be bad and so on and so forth, that there is also a need to explain the clinical relevance of being able to consistently show up to these sessions. And I think that that's a part that a lot of therapists fail to really discuss with their clients is not just the policy for policy's sake, but the clinical relevance of it beyond the respect, which for all of you who consistently listen to us know that that's where Katie and I really thrive with building those relationships with clients and really sell what we can bring to the sessions. But clinically, we want to be able to explain to them too why it's consistency for consistency's sake of being able to continue to work on things. This also comes up with those clients who want to drop from regular weekly sessions to maybe every other week as they reach their treatment goals. And this brings up a host of other scheduling issues for therapists who might require that clients hold a weekly time in order for them to be consistently being seen. And I largely consider that pretty unethical, that that seems to be something that's a client-informed choice, that if they are reaching their goals, if they still need some support and a therapist is requiring a consistent weekly time in order to fill that spot or pad their pocketbook in order to continue to be able to work and pay their bills, I find that that is taking advantage of clients who are trying to graduate out of therapy and out of that consistent relationship, but you're holding them hostage by enforcing that. It's a little bit kind of bold to say that like, hey, this is ethically wrong and all that stuff, but I know that it becomes very challenging as you have clients that are every other week or you have clients who are going to once a month or every three weeks. I mean, there's different consistencies that can be imperative for clinical progress. And it's a scheduling nightmare, kind of circling back a little bit when you're talking about attendance rate and how clients can best benefit from treatment. That's something that's never actually been something that I left out. That was kind of a few different negatives. But the reason I've always kept that (laughs) as part of the process is when I first started as a clinician, I was in public mental health and there wasn't no-show fees. It was all funded by Medicaid in California, that's Medi-Cal. And so if they didn't come, they didn't get charged. And so managing attendance was something that public mental health folks are really good at because we lose productivity, (laughs) but we have to really incentivize treatment based on clinical gain and developing the relationship, not like, hey, if you don't show up, I'm going to charge you. The other thing is also really looking at how to address attendance from a clinical perspective when it becomes a problem. And so, hey, if you're not attending every week, this is what's going on, or I'm concerned because each time you come in, you've been canceling on time or you cancel and I can't charge you. And this is what I've seen happening clinically. And so I think continually looking at attendance as a clinical issue and really identifying scheduling also as as a clinical issue is a way that this really stays above board and doesn't start hitting into some legal and ethical issues that we really skate too close to a lot, oftentimes as clinicians. 
Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Katie and I both work in private practices full time, which means that we have several days in the office each week for part time practitioners that they're maybe not able to offer what some other therapists use as their policies, which is okay. I understand if you need to cancel today's session or tomorrow morning session or whatever it might be, as long as you can fit in someplace else this week. But for those part time practitioners who are only in the office one evening a week or one morning a week who don't really have that opportunity, it might be a little bit more imperative to have these consistent policies that you're talking about more openly with your clients because of the lack of availability that you might have in order to be flexible with them. Now, this isn't a permission to look at your watch and say, okay, it's 23 hours and 59 minutes. I I definitely need to charge you. You definitely need to be able to work things out. But for the part-time practitioner, do you have any other suggestions? Like you said, it's being open and talking about what's actually available. I do have a full-time practice. I do have some flexibility in my schedule, but I also have my coaching practice. So there really only are a few days that I'm available. And so I've not actually used that policy of, well, I won't charge you for this cancellation if you are able to reschedule later in the week, most of the time. What ends up happening is I talk about alternatives like scheduling a telehealth session. I talk about potentially trying to reschedule later in the day. But in truth, I talk about with them, usually at the next session, how can we make sure that this is going to work within both of our schedules? Because oftentimes, you know, right now it's it's flu season, cold seasons, there are cancellations. But oftentimes the cancellations are more, for my clients anyway, because they get busy. And so then it becomes a conversation kind of proactively and sometimes reactively about how do we make sure that you're prioritizing this time Or let's look at why you're not prioritizing it. Is this the right time for therapy? Is this the time to really make this commitment and do this work? I think it becomes about the relationship and having these conversations as a clinical issue, not, hey, if you don't come in, I'm charging you because you gave me 22 and a half hours of notice. There needs to be some self-evaluation from the therapist on whether or not you can effectively work with a client who might have those kinds of inconsistencies in their schedules. If you are only available for an evening block once a week or have a very limited schedule like that, and your population is filled with people who might have on-call jobs like doctors or paramedics or one of the favorites in the Los Angeles area is the actors who end up with a last-minute audition that you're able to have something in yourself that can look at you and whether or not this is a type of client that you can actually serve with that being a regular part of their life. 
for those in fuller practices, I have seen a very healthy policy surrounding those types of positions where the clinician will meet the client in the middle when those types of situations come up. It's kind of this, I recognize what you're doing. I recognize what your life is and you don't always have control over 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever your policy is. So if this situation comes up, I'm not going to charge you my full fee, but 50% seems to be fair. And mm, mm-hmm. the, the real good thing behind something like that is it's a two-way respectable street. It's something that if you're negotiating that from the very beginning, it's not surprising. It's respectful to both parties without holding one party or the other hostage. That sounds like a good policy. I actually hadn't heard that one before. For me, I think there's a lot that can go into this because I address it at the intake phone call. Do we have matching schedules? Is this something that can work out? I do have shift workers. I have different people. And for me, the way I manage that is I really try to put the onus on them to schedule. And and so I have an electronic health record that actually allows my clients to cancel and reschedule on their own. And that really helps. And a lot of the clients who are on shift work love it because they can go in, find my availability and reschedule and, and do those things. But when I'm talking to someone initially, you know, especially like during the holidays, it was weird. I was talking to folks and saying like, hey, the next few weeks are going to be weird because I've got all these things. But when I'm really looking at, you know, one of the first two or three questions is when are you hoping to come in? Let's see if we have availability before we get committed to each other because if our schedules aren't going to work together, then I need to find you someone who has a schedule that's more compatible. I go through seasonal shifts in my practice. Not only is it just the holidays, but as school is resuming back and my adolescent schedules are changing as sports seasons change, as plays happen, as other extracurriculars happen, I tend to go through about two or three times a year where several sessions, seven or eight different clients all need to shift things around where it's talking with a lot of different families about, okay, you've generally been coming in at Saturdays at nine every other week, but now I have a Tuesday at six available in my other office. Is that something that's kind of closer to your house that works? That again, comes back to respect. It comes back to, is this something that's going to work for us? I don't ever push people out of their places Mm -hmm. that they've been consistently, but it's a lot of being human through the process. It's a lot of showing that I am not this omnipotent person who (laughs) holds power over everybody. In fact, that's quite the opposite of how I actually practice, but, <laughs> but I do want them to respect that it's not just me that their decisions are affecting, that sometimes it affects another client, which might affect somebody else's schedule. Mm-hmm. And really being able to pull back to a broader view of we're in this together. I've done the same thing. I've had clients who I've wanted to move around. I've put into a spot and said, hey, they wanted a different spot. So once that came up or even working with some clients saying, hey, your spot, your time slot is your time slot, but I have someone that would really like to get on Tuesday. Do you have any flexibility to move an hour later or an hour earlier? And I think clients, it, it adds a different layer of joining. I think it can, it's something where you don't want to put the onus on your clients to make your schedule and your life easier. But I've had clients who really appreciated the thought that I would work with them in the same way and really work to find out what's the best time for both of us in our schedule. What can we do? And it's, it's been really helpful. It's been much more meaningful for me because especially with the more that I've done consulting, my therapy practices moved down to only a couple of days. And my clients who were ongoing consistent 
current clients were really great. They were champs in the process. And I felt that we grew closer by showing that mutual respect of, hey, your time is your time. But if you could move to this time, then that you can help me out or you can help another client out. And, and it just, it worked out really well. This leads kind of naturally into sometimes we have to cancel sessions with very short notice as well. As much as I'm busy and I travel for various different parts of my practice or different organizations or networking things or conferences, I am able to foresee some of the times that I'm going to be out of the office. But there are other times that come up where I'm not going to know that I'm going to get into a bike accident that's going to result in Mm. me being in the emergency Mm. room. And this actually did happen to me several years ago where Mm. I was texting and emailing clients from the emergency room saying, I'm probably not going to make it in tomorrow. <laughs> and and even at that point, I didn't know when I was going to be able to return to the office. So it was mm-hmm. kind of this, I, I have been injured. I'm not going to die. I will get in touch <laughs> with you in a few days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's but a tough one. I have also gotten sick before, like woken up in the morning and thought, okay, if I, if I take a nap, then I might feel a little bit better and be able to go in for the evening and just gotten progressively worse throughout the day and not been able to provide clients with a 24-hour cancellation policy during those times. And fortunately, my clients have understood those situations. I don't think that I've really ever had a client show up to my office for a session where I didn't come in. But as those situations do come up, if it does become kind of a sticking point for the clients as far as the therapeutic relationship goes, I know that some therapists say, okay, next time I'll, I'll, I'll give you a freebie or I'll, I won't uh, charge you for your next session because I inconvenienced you here. My kind of flow with things as I talk with my clients of like, okay, generally I give you one freebie anyway, just as a reminder of what my policy is. But here's a chance where, okay, you understood me this time around. Maybe I'm not going to charge you next time in case you have a situation like this come up. I don't do that. I mean, I certainly if I've inconvenienced somebody, and I did have a client who I got pretty sick pretty quickly, and I was canceling. It was actually a group, and and she was coming from a distance, and I did you know comp her the next session and show her some consideration for for times that she's no showed. But for me, I feel like I don't understand that the policy that people say that they're going to comp or or you know not charge for the next session. To me, it's it's something where I do want to respect my client's time as much as possible. And I, I rarely miss sessions. I rarely cancel sessions without a lot of notice, but I don't quite understand that policy. Like I, it feels like adding a monetary thing to their time doesn't make sense to me. I don't, how does that make sense to you? I guess is is a question I have. My philosophy is, and this might be more informed by just the vast number of therapists that surround me, but Mm -hmm. If really what I am selling is my attention, what I'm selling is me, what I'm selling Mm -hmm. is my relationship and what I bring to the relationship to people, that I'm not going to ask clients to really be held responsible to things that I'm not willing to be held responsible to myself. And if that means showing up to sessions on time, showing up to sessions at all, not coming in sick, being respectful of the time is not necessarily a monetary aspect for me so much as it is I want to differentiate myself from the people around me by really being true and consistent to the principles that I bring to our relationship and expecting that we both respect that relationship in in the same way. I feel like I do that without offering 
a free session when I'm not able to cancel with 24 hours notice. But I, I do see what you're saying. I understand that. I think to me, there's this piece of folks who I think go too far into the, I'm not going to charge for any no-shows or cancellations Definitely. or I'm going to, you know, I, I think there's people that get really hesitant around the money and go towards the throwing free sessions or not charging for things on one end. And then, then I think on the other end, there's folks who get really very strict around money. And I think in kind of doing the opposite of what you're talking about, it becomes very much a transaction and people hold credit cards and I have credit cards on file and we'll charge immediately upon no show or we'll charge for 23 hours, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that there's a balance. I just, I've never... I've never actively said, hey, if I cancel with less than 24 hours notice, I'm going to give you a free session. I just feel like that's too specific. I think certainly if I've really inconvenienced somebody, I will, I think I probably, you know, I'll, I'll do it based on if I would charge them for the same thing, but I don't know. I just, it feels weird to me. And I think it's, it, you know, I think we can talk a little bit more about finding this balance because I think that there's more there. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. And to me, this isn't something that I advertise. This is in Mm -hmm. the rare cases where that has come up. and. Mm You know, I'm talking about once or twice during the entirety of my private practice, about eight <laughs> years now. So this yeah, isn't something yeah. that really, when it comes to like getting sick out of nowhere, clients have been mm-hmm. more understanding about it than they have been upset about it. You know, I had one session where it was my last session of the day a couple of years ago and whatever I had eaten for the afternoon just wasn't agreeing with me. And about five minutes into the session, I turned to the client and said, I'm not feeling well, and I'm not going to be able to give you the attention that you deserve during the session. I really thank you for coming in today, and I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I I think it's best if you go right now. And I don't (laughs) even think that they made it out to the elevator yet before I got sick in my office. So there is a humanity that we all bring into this, but it's Mm -hmm. recognizing ourselves too. One of the things that I do want to make sure that we hit on today is I'm seeing some of these policies out there that seem really lengthy as far as what the policies are for cancellation. Mm -hmm. 24 hours seems to be the industry standard. 48 hours, I'm seeing a smattering of. Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing people with like 72-hour, 96-hour policies or Mm. that they don't count weekend hours at all towards these longer cancellation policies. So Mm -hmm. it's 48 hours but I shut my phone off at five o'clock on Friday and anything that happens between that five o'clock on Friday and eight o'clock on Monday morning when I turn it back on doesn't count towards that. So theoretically somebody with a Monday morning appointment is going to have to cancel like Wednesday night in order Mm -hmm. to not Mm -hmm. charge their fee. Yeah, that seems weird. I know that for me, when I think about the length of a cancellation policy, in truth, a 24-hour cancellation policy, if the goal is to be able to actually fill the session, a 24-hour cancellation policy, it's fairly unlikely that I'm going to fill that session time. You know, it's it's it doesn't seem to be about that. It seems to be more about the respect and the relationship like we've been talking. 
I think when folks start expanding their their time to 48 hours or 72 hours or 96, whatever, those I think are business decisions, which I don't fault them for that. I think 48 hours may make more sense than 24 if you're really looking for that balance of giving enough notice to be able to fill the schedule and, and that kind of stuff to be able to keep your doors open, which is still, you know, ethically imperative. We want to be able to keep treating our clients. But I think to me, I've, I've never really looked at it. And maybe this was my, my public mental health, <laughs> my self-sacrificing nature, but I've never really looked at the 24-hour cancellation policy as one where, oh, that's going to make sure that I, I keep income coming in because I will be able to fill the slot. For me, because of the relationships I have with my clients, because I do enforce my 24-hour cancellation policy, I have clients that cancel much further in advance the week before. They let me know if they're not going to be able to attend the next session, if they're sick or something comes up. They give me a call a couple of days ahead of time, usually. And so for me, it's that the length of policy isn't really relevant to the business part of it. I agree with you. And I do see the utility of it, especially for people who might have a wait list or somebody who's looking to move into an earlier session during the day that has just opened up. That if you're able to fill those things, I, I do understand that. I think that really, when once you get beyond that 48 hours, I think that it just becomes kind of entrapping of your client, that it mm-hmm. doesn't allow for life to happen. And life happens. There is illnesses that come up. There's car accidents. There's work schedules that change. There's a host of other things that we need to look at as far as our clients having the ability to exist outside of the one hour out of the week or the two hours out of the week that they're sitting in our office. At a certain point, we can't hold them hostage to those times. And this goes with everything else that we've already talked about today. But I think that really, once you get into these really, really long periods, that it's unfair to the clients and it makes it to where they can start to resent therapy and it actually gets in the way. Or they may cancel earlier because, or cancel more frequently because, well, I don't know if I'm going to be, there's an illness going around. I don't know if I'm going to be well next week, so let me cancel anyway. And so I think it becomes Ebola about could the be here in three weeks, so I might... <laughs> So I might need to cancel ahead of time. I think when the the cancellation policies are too strict or too expensive, then I think it can really end up making attendance worse and potentially people back out of treatment when you're enforcing your policy. So kind of moving forward in the, in the, the process here, when you're enforcing your policy, when do you charge your clients for that no show or late cancel? Great question. For my newer clients, when they're canceling, when they have that initial phone call, the first time I just remind them at that point, hey, mm-hmm. this is a reminder of the policy. I'm not going to charge you this time, but just so you know, we're within this window. And the next time that this happens, I'm going to have to charge you for the, the missed session. As it comes up again, I charge them for both sessions the next time that they come in. Uh, I do also keep credit cards on file. If they never show back up, then I'll charge the credit card without them coming back in. But I like to have that conversation happen face-to-face in person. It's not just a credit card that's being swiped someplace else that I do want to be in the room with them or on the phone with them as I'm making that charge because I want it to be about the relationship as opposed to about the money. For my longer term clients that this has happened to from time to time, we've had that conversation before. We've had the respect conversation, the 
timing of things at least once or twice before. They understand if they see, oh, I, I noticed that you had to charge my credit card last week. It's the respect that goes into it. So I guess in some ways, it's the longer and more stable that a client is, the more freedom that I feel to do that not in their presence and just to charge it on, on the regular time. But in general, I try to do it in person. I always wait, even for longer standing clients, I always wait for the next appointment. And I think sometimes that confuses my clients unless I clarify for them. They're like, hey, you charged me more. And I was like, yeah, I charged your no-show fee or your late cancel fee with it as well. But I think it really is about having that conversation. I've seen a lot in some of the Facebook groups and and the different posts that people who have charged their clients for a no-show or a late cancel cancel before they come back into the session, before they talk with them about it. There's been a lot of people who've said that the clients have refused the charge or you know contested the charge, people who've not come back in. I think it's, it's a delicate conversation, especially early in the relationship or early in this process, because there's clients that start late canceling or no-showing when they're really just trying to find the way to graduate from therapy. Um, but when you first start having this conversation, I absolutely agree that it needs to be in person because money is a delicate issue. Scheduling is a delicate issue. They may want to make their case <laughs> why you shouldn't charge them, and so which is clinical material. And so I think making sure that you wait till they come back into session, especially early in this process, is really important to sustain the clinical relationship. And maybe financially, you really needed to to make that charge to their credit card, but I don't think it's a good idea to do it without talking to the client. So I guess we're in total agreement there. (laughs) Whatever policies that you have, you need to revisit them often with clients. And you really need to evaluate for what the benefit of the policy is. Mm -hmm. If you are somebody who holds your clients to a, you have to come in every single week, until I come on vacation and then it's totally fine. That, <laughs> then that's really a policy that you're doing for the benefit of you, that you're not mm-hmm. allowing your clients to have the flexibility to exist, to have a life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be fair about your policies, be respectful about them, revisit them quite frequently. But I think that even with how flexible I'm coming across in enforcing my policies, that I still charge clients for missed sessions. I still charge Mm -hmm. them for late cancellations. Mm -hmm. This is something that it's all built on respect. It is. And I think the frame, the clinical frame, the safety of the relationship is built by setting those boundaries, but also being a human being who can be flexible at times for the pieces that are human getting sick, getting in an accident, those kinds of things. I think we're out of time for today, but I did want to just mention that the biggest part that I think people struggle with is when to to give a pass if somebody's sick, if they've had an accident, that kind of stuff. And I think there may be a whole other conversation to have about how do we navigate through when clients are, are pushing the boundaries of the clinical frame. I think that may be another good topic for us to discuss. If your policy isn't being enforced, then you don't really have a policy. And inconsistency is not going to bode well for you in the long term when you do actually start to enforce it more regularly. So I think it's definitely worth revisiting again. So until next time, check out our show notes. They're available on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. You can also go over to our conferences and workshop pages. We have a couple of events coming up in the Los Angeles area in 2018 
especially our Therapy Reimagined conference, where we're talking about the theory of being therapists for two days. 14 continuing education units are available. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.